Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in. Today is Tuesday, February 9th. Today, we're going to tackle the topic of worry, and I'm going to let you know why you don't need to be afraid. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I'm glad you guys have joined me here today at my little corner of the internet. I know that a lot of you are just uh, slugging your way through February because I'm reading all your comments at Mailbox Monday. want to just encourage you today that God is in control. Even though things seem a little bit out of control, God is not unaware of what's going on. Before I jump in today, I wanted to give a shout out to some people who have been supporting the ministry. Jessica from Conklin, Michigan. Thank you so much, Jessica. Beverly from Richmond, Virginia, and Darla from Elbow Lake, Minnesota. Thank you guys so much. Remember, I'm going to be this weekend at Church on the Rock in Battleground, Washington, On Thursday night, I'm just going to go for their normal Thursday night lavish women's event. And that is open to the public if you guys would like to come. And then on Friday evening, I will be speaking right after they feed you the best dinner you've ever had in your whole life. And then Saturday morning, right after breakfast. So uh, just speaking about three times this weekend for Church on the Rock in Battleground, Washington. You can find out more information by going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. Well, speaking of events. There's not a day that goes by that some big, massive event doesn't happen with the Biden administration. And it really is a nightmare. And we are definitely living through it. But this is exactly what uh, we said was going to happen. This We knew that uh, the Bible says that when uh, there are good people in, in authority, that things go well. And when the wicked are in power, the righteous groan. <laughs> There's just a lot of groaning happen right now. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about worry. Because uh, I see a lot of that happening right now. Tomorrow, speaking of worry, you guys know that I love the book Live Not By Lies, right? Uh, My friend Steve Lambert sent it to me several months ago and he was like, Heidi, you got to read this book. It's a game changer. Rod knows what's going on. And I was so busy, I didn't get around to getting it. So he bought it for me, had it shipped to my house. You guys, I could not put the book down. He absolutely understands what's happening in the culture today. He uh, he equates what's going on right now with this rise of soft totalitarianism uh, to uh, to what is what has happened in uh, Eastern Europe and these countries that lived under totalitarianism, under communism. And he interviews people, and I'm telling you what uh, he sets. It's just you. Anyway, uh, he he uses uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn's uh, appeal to live not by lies as the cornerstone for this bold book that he has written. And you guys have heard me say many, many times, the only answer to a bold lie is bold truth. And uh, he's going to suggest that there's a dawning in this post-Christian pre-totalitarianism society. And he, he's going to equate it to what happened there. And he's going to help you guys work your way through it. And so the book is called Live Not By Lies, a manual for Christian dissidents. Rod Dreyer is going to be on the show with me tomorrow. And uh, on Thursday as well, you are not going to want to miss it. We are living through an incredible time right now. And so many Christians that I see gripped with worry is absolutely the case with the Rona. You know, we've got this virus now with a 99.89% survival rate. I know it's real. 
I know people die from it. Uh, people die from all kinds of things. And uh, we have got to stop this incredible uh, pattern, I guess, that we're getting into where we just worry and fret over everything. And I don't know if you guys have ever done a study on the word worry, but I'll do a little one for you. The English word worry comes from a root word that means to strangle or seize by the throat. I'm going to let that sit. The English word worry comes from a root word that means to strangle or seize by the throat. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I don't worry. I'm a worrier. I can totally worry. I wish that I could tell you that I've never felt the stranglehold of worry. But can you guys, when you, when you see that the, the root word of this is to strangle or seize by the throat, doesn't, isn't that what worry does? Are you a worrier? Do you allow the enemy to seize you by the throat and strangle you? Guess what we can't do when we're being strangled? We can't breathe. What can't you do when you can't breathe? You can't praise God. You can't talk to him. You can't have a much needed conversation with your husband or your wife. We lose our voice when we get, when we become strangled by fear. And I want to remind you of something that I think the church needs to be reminding its people of every single day. The Bible teaches us that we can't add even a single day to our lives by worrying. And so worrying is sin. It's to allow the enemy to silence us, that stranglehold, that being seized by the throat, right? It allows the adversary to silence us. And in many ways, Satan's oldest lie was simple. In the Garden of Eden, right? He said, you can't trust God. He doesn't have your best interests at heart. He's not going to do what's best for you. Isn't that the root of worry? It's that we don't trust God. We don't believe he has our best interest at heart. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we can't hand our concerns to him and we can't believe that he'll do what's best. And so what do we do? We worry. Worry is a symptom. Lack of faith is the disease. And we are at a crisis point in the church right now, an incredible lack of faith. We're seeing it in churches that refuse to open or ch- churches who open and won't praise the Lord. They won't sing. And uh, whenever I find myself worrying, I remind myself, or at least I try to, of God's goodness and his provision in times past. This is what uh, Moses instructed the Israelites to do, right? Don't forget what God has done. Has he ever failed you? He knows what's best. He's working for my good. So stop worrying. You guys, get your voice back. Uh, You can pry the adversary's hands off your throat. And breathe again, knowing that God's working for your good. You can pry the adversary's hands off your throat and breathe again so that you can sing God's praises and speak life to your family. You know what's needed right now in the culture? The steadying voice of the people of God. And when fear and worry has a stranglehold on us, that voice often is lost. Uh, I'm reading to you guys today from Bible Promises for Moms. It's a little $3 book that you can get by going to Tyndale or coming to uh, Heidi St. John and just shopping at my store. Uh, lots of verses on worry. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. Don't worry about anything 
Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. First Peter 5 verse 7, give all your worries and cares to God. Why? Because he cares about you guys. He cares about you. And when you need that supernatural relief from your worries, the Bible says this is how you do it. It's as simple as giving your requests and your cares and your worries to God. Are you worrying about the future? I'm going to be talking to Rod Dreher tomorrow about this. Are you worrying about it? Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. There are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you what? A hope and a future. A hope and a future. I mean, this is, this is God's heart for you. And over and over and over again in his word, he tells you, that this is his heart for you. And yet we find ourselves in a pattern of worrying. God says worrying is sin. Remember we talked about the the importance of prep, you know, preparing for things and preparing is good, but panic is sin. Worry is also sin, this constant worry. It's not that you can't have a thought of worry sort of flash through your head, but the moment you become uh, a captive to worry, you've crossed from faith into fear and now you're sinning. And God wants us to be free from that. There's a lot of things happening, you know, every, every day I, you know, like I told you guys, (laughs) I'm usually in the morning now. I'm just like, I'll roll over, look at my husband and say, is there any good news? And he'll say, nope. And so I just don't, I just don't even look, but kind of an interesting thing happened. I don't know if you guys saw this, but yesterday, there was a, a, it's now gone viral, this Los Angeles Times columnist, Virginia Heffernan, well, even the Blaze is talking about her, and they said she was flummoxed. Flummoxed? Is that how you say it? Flummoxed? I don't know. Here's how she started her Friday piece last week. Oh, heck no, she began. The Trumpites next door to our pandemic getaway, who seem as devoted to the ex-president as you can get without being Q fans, just plowed our driveway without being asked and did a great job. So it's apparently a pretty big problem when the demonized demonstrate that they're not the devil, right? How am I going to resist the the demands for unity in the face of this act of aggressive niceness? She asked. Of course, on some level, I realize I owe them thanks. And man, it really looks like the guy back dragged the driveway like a pro. But how much thanks? You guys, this is how the left views Christians right now. And Christians who support the president in particular. It's amazing to me that we're having these conversations and I think a lot of people worry, right? This is where the worry comes from. What are they going to do now? What's the Southern Poverty Law Center going to do now? Who do they classify as dangerous now? These are people who supported the president. And you can count Heidi St. John among them. 
but look at the reasoning that these people are giving. This this columnist was able to admit that when someone helps you when you're down or snowed in, it's almost impossible to regard them as a blight on the world. And in fact, you're more likely to be overwhelmed with gratitude and convinced of the person's inherent goodness. Well, as loving your neighbor is evidently much easier when your neighborhood is full of people just like you. And the problem for this lovely columnist is that those same neighbors who kindly plowed her driveway also supported a man who, quote, showed near murderous contempt for the majority of Americans. And they kept him in business with their support. This is how the left views you. And I I think it's important for us to just talk about it because this is the truth. This is how she concluded her piece, you guys. This is crazy. She said, I also can't give my neighbors absolution. It's not mine to give. Remember we talked about this last week, that people on the left, the far left in this country, believe that that they are morally right, that they are morally justified in their disdain for even the people that plow their driveway if they were a Trump supporter. She goes on to say, free driveway work, as nice as it is, is just not the same currency as justice and truth. You guys hear hear how they're co-opting those terms? Justice and truth only comes from the left. Boy, I can't wait to have Rod Dreher on the show tomorrow. It's going to be great. To pretend it is would be to lie. And they probably aren't looking for absolution anyway. Yeah, you're right. But I can offer a standing invitation to make amends, not with a snowplow, but by recognizing the truth about the Trump administration and more important, by working for justice for those whom the administration harmed. Only when we work together shoulder to shoulder to repair the damage of the last four years can we even begin to dig out of this storm. Now, by all accounts... According to The Blaze, her ingrained position appears strangely and chillingly similar to that of other hardcore leftists, right? Trump supporters really don't deserve any mercy in in or regard unless they confess their wayward views. And people are, as you can imagine, reacting pretty strongly to this on the interwebs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This, this person tweeted, as a Trump supporter who shoveled my liberal neighbor's driveway two times last week, you know what I was thinking? Nothing. I just did it. When my kids saw, they fought over who got to help next. Politics aside, I'm a nice person raising nice people. This person said, when gifted with the milk of human kindness, you decide it's better to make it curdle. I kind of of like that one. Another person said, this is one of the most appalling op-eds I've ever read. The complete death of humanity. The seething, insular, self-satisfied resentment. If a neighbor reads this and doesn't immediately pile snow on your house, they will continue admirably 
to exceed you in basic decency. And I one more. This person said, this is satire, right? Tell me it's satire. He plowed the driveway. He didn't ask for your hand in marriage. I'm a Trumpster. I cook dinner and gourmet, I hope, snacks for my black Democrat neighbors because I like them. And that's what neighbors do. Take a breath. I'm going to take a breath. Speaking of taking a breath, you guys watching Bill Maher? Who just said that Christianity was to blame for the Capitol riots? Mm -hmm, It's true. That was on Friday's episode of Real Time with Bill Maher. And he believes that Christianity is comparable to a belief in conspiracies like QAnon. And this is what helped spur on the January 6th riots. Now, listen, we've talked about the riots here at the show before. Obviously, that is wrong. But I think what's happening in the wake of it is just as wrong. And uh, we're going to have an opportunity right now to just buckle down. And practice the things that we learned in Sunday school. Kindness. (laughs) Woo. What a time to be alive. When I talked to uh, my husband about having Rod Dreher on the show, he said, you you are going to talk about social justice, right? Because Rod nails it. He totally gets it. And this is a lot of what you're seeing in these people. These social justice warriors, these people are going to tell you that there are 157 genders and you need to use the pronouns zero when you meet someone who's not really sure if they're a boy or a girl. It's madness. And if you don't do it, they're going to call you a bigot and they're not going to understand if you drop, if you uh, shovel their driveway. It's true. We have had a little bit of good news, though, out of Iowa. Did you guys see this? Iowa's governor a couple days ago lifted their statewide COVID mandate, and now they're encouraging personal responsibility. There's a... (laughs) It wasn't so sad. It would just be hilarious. No more mandatory masks, no more social distancing or gathering restrictions. I'm going to Iowa next week. So that was, uh, I'm just kidding, I'm not, but I really want to. I want to go to Iowa now. I want to go live there. I want to build a house. I want to shovel somebody's driveway just for fun. (laughs) So that happened on Friday. The governor issued a proclamation repealing the state's limited mask requirements, social distancing requirements, and limits on gatherings. Instead of the government mandating behavior of adults and continuing what has essentially become the quarantining of healthy people, Reynolds' proclamation promotes personal responsibility and common sense, as noted in Section 1. And I'll quote for you. I continue to strongly encourage all vulnerable Iowans, including those with pre-existing medical conditions and those over 65, in all counties of the state to continue to limit their activities outside their home, including their visits to businesses and other establishments and their participation in gatherings of any size and any purpose. And I encourage all Iowans to limit their in-person interactions with vulnerable Iowans and to exercise particular care and caution when engaging in any necessary interactions. Oh my goodness, could it be common sense? Where was this a year ago? A year ago. This is what they should have done from the very beginning. 
They should have said there's a virus. It's scary. We don't know what's going on. If you know anybody with a pre-existing condition, please see what you can do to help them. Help them get their meals delivered to their home. Wear masks around them. But to quarantine the country, to wreck the economy, to turn everybody into walking viruses, this was the wrong way to handle it. And now we've seen how people react. Shameful. It's shameful. And uh, makes me sad. Of course, there are two major cities in Iowa disagree with her. And they're not going to follow the governor's lead. And they're going to continue to enforce the mask mandates. So, of course, you can count on Des Moines to do that. And then, of course, Iowa City. Led by, wait for it, Democrats. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to... I'm going to leave that there. And finally today, because, you know, I'm just, Tuesdays are the day when I like to just look at the headlines. They took a, uh, the blaze took a poll and only 16% of Americans say that U.S. democracy is working. Mm-hmm. We got problems, you guys. Almost half of Americans, 45% would say that democracy is not functioning properly. And a little more than a third, 38%, it's working only somewhat well. And that's according to the Associated Press. They say that the poll's findings are, quote, broadly consistent with how Americans graded democracy before the election. I'm assuming that after it might be worse. Last October, 68% of self-identified Republicans said democracy was working at least somewhat well. After the election, that number went from 68% to 36%. In October, just 37% of Democrats believed it was working somewhat well. But after Joe Biden won the election, that number increased to 70%. So in other words, when Donald Trump was a president, most Republicans believed democracy was at least partially working while most Democrats disagreed. And after Joe Biden won, the Republicans thought it wasn't working and Democrats were more optimistic. We got a divide in our country. It's about 65 miles wide. Both parties have criticized the electoral system in America when it was politically convenient to do so. And maybe, just maybe, that's why so many Americans have doubts about their democracy. It doesn't, it doesn't help when we realize that uh, people who in are the elite in this country don't seem to get in trouble for things that ordinary Americans would go to prison for, right? That's rough. So what happens? We start to worry. We freak out, which is why, again, you guys are going to be so excited. Come back tomorrow. Rod Dreher is going to come on the show with me today, and we're going to talk about his book, Live Not By Lies, a manual for Christian dissidents. You might want to go out and get it right now so you can read along with us tomorrow. But you guys, we don't, the answer is not to uh, stick your head in the sand. The answer is to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. The answer is to come before the Lord in prayer. The answer is to say, Lord, help me love my neighbor in the midst of all this. Help me do the thing that you would want me to do. And then trust that God's at work because he is. Because he is. And I remain optimistic for our country. I remain optimistic for the church. Why? Because I know that we we serve a God of miracles. I know because I've seen it happen that God can stir hearts and minds, that revival can come. I know that I know that I know that God can do it. Starts at home, starts with one person, starts in the hearts of human beings who say, Lord, we need you. We want to, we want to live in a way that pleases you. And you guys, mom and dad, this starts with you 
taking time every day to pray with your kids and read God's word. Don't take it for granted. If you're not doing the scripture writing challenge at MomStrong International, it's only two bucks a month, you guys. And for like six months more, you can uh, you can download the whole study. I hope that you will. Uh, we got a lot of things coming up here at the podcast, and uh, I will definitely keep you posted. If you haven't seen my schedule yet, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. For that, I will be speaking Saturday the 27th at an event in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Please check that out at HeidiStJohn.com. The following weekend, I will be keynoting the Republican Women's Dinner in Vancouver, Washington. The weekend after that, I'll be celebrating some birthdays. In the middle of March, I will be at Teach Them Diligently Nashville. And uh, that's the 18th and the 19th. And then on the 20th, I'll be speaking for the Answers for Women Conference at the amazing uh, Answers Center for my friend Ken Ham. So I hope you guys will come on out and join us. We are looking forward to seeing you. Trust the Lord, you guys. Trust him, trust him, trust him. If you haven't picked up my book, Bible Promises for Moms, it's only $2.99. You can get anywhere books are sold. And I keep telling you, buy them in packs of 10 and give them to people. Encourage them. Encourage them, encourage them, encourage them. Uh, That encouragement is found in the word of God. I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing the show with your friends. And uh, I cannot wait for you to hear the show tomorrow when Rod Dreher is going to come on and we're going to talk about his book, Live Not By Lies. Have a great day, everybody. And I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.